spoiler alert. Oh, this is the only fucking podcast about the Sopranos. So what, no fucking ZD now? Yeah, 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 let's go! This week on No Fucking ZD, we're talking about trying to take a shit, hogging all the ice, and not being a fucking parking spot. I'm not going to call this a sit-down because of the inclement negative implications. Let's think of it as a meeting of the minds. It's an all-new episode of No Fucking ZD. Let's go! Wow. Here we are, guys. We, we wanted to end on a high note. Yep. <laughs> season season finale. I mean, this is what we've been leading up to the whole time. The final episode of Sopranos. Yeah, this is it. The ending is pretty incredible. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we posted all of season 6B this past week. So go back and look for those episodes. They're just spread out on the internet. Um, and tonight we're going to talk about Made in America. So, yeah, um, good. Okay. Should we just get right to the diner scene? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> um, th- I love this episode. We're Kaisha? talking about talking about Kaisha. Yeah, yeah, Kaisha, which is my favorite. It's the best made up black name I've ever heard. It's a good one. Uh, yeah, Chrissy Ever the writer. <laughs> True, fantasizing True. about you know. Well, to be honest with you, she's black. Yeah, always with the scenarios. This kid, <laughs> the most the, the most buoyant moment of this whole episode is uh, Bacala's reaction to finding out that uh, that Chrissy's banging a shine, as he said. His words. <laughs> Not ours. Yeah. Yeah. The show is tricky like that sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, we're just, we're documentarians. Right? That's what we <laughs> yeah. are. Uh, but his reaction and shit, like, is just, is, he's, uh, they're all, they're both kind of into it. You know what I mean? Uh, in the, in the entertainment room there on, uh, yeah. I guess Thanksgiving. On Thanksgiving, yeah. 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 And I like how, uh, uh, how Tony and uh, Bobby and Chrissy, for that matter, act like they're not totally racist. Right. Um, which is Polly would be worse. Polly would be really yeah, bad. I mean, that's who they're worried about. She would feel it too. They know how to hide their their hatred. Yeah. <laughs> Tony does not. Forgetting <laughs> the fact that Polly was dating the 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 woman from Scrubs back in season two, who that's is right. like Puerto Rican. Uh, I, I shouldn't even. I'm not going to guess actually. But Dominican, she's Dominican actually. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, it's my my dog is Puerto Rican, so I, I have the <laughs> okay. Puerto Rican on the brain. Um, that's actually true. His dog is Puerto Rican. That yeah, wasn't she a is. joke. Um. Uh. Yeah. So. So. Kaisha is. Uh. Really. Juliana. But. Uh. Chris doesn't want to bring that up. Um. I. I just. Lo- I love how he keeps it going. I mean. I. I had half a mind to use Luther Vandross as the. As the opening music for this thing. Cause yeah. When he just says Luther Vandross box set, it's just like. <laughs> I. It. it <laughs> like the extent of black culture he can think of on the spot yeah exactly yeah. it's just like jackie robinson jersey <laughs> you know like what the fuck copy of the uh, mlk i have a dream speech um i mean if it was done currently it would have been like obama t-shirt yeah you know right like, yeah it's like the hope or change t-shirt or yeah. something like that yeah both hope and change yeah you know? <laughs> right um yeah so this was kind of teased in the previous episode when chris says he has to go to an aa meeting and no mm-hmm. one really believes it um, and, uh, we were, we predicted this. We were right. He does have a, he has, he has a Gumar as it were, yep, um, yep, yep. even though Kelly be pregnant at home still. Um, and Kelly be having no idea what yeah. the fuck he's up to at any, she's just like, 
she's like a kid in this context. She's just kind of like yeah. trala lying down the street and is just like, my life is so amazing. This is incredible. And boy, is that going to change? Yeah. I mean, if Adriana was naive, Kelly's on a, just another level altogether, a lower level probably. Um, yeah, but no, she's completely. not, uh, yeah, not the sharpest, uh, light bulb in the drawer. Um, she's not the sar- sharpest, uh, miter saw around. That's and, uh, true. Yeah. <laughs> her dad is actually going to get brought into the fold in season six B, which I really enjoy. Those are some that's right top shelf shenanigans that we have going on there. Mm, we love shenanigans here at NFZ. Yeah, we do. Uh, this is NFZ, by the way. Yeah, we, uh, <laughs> I think we, we said that. <laughs> we, you know how much we love shenanigans. Yep. We haven't done the show in a couple of weeks. <laughs> right. Yeah, we tried. We really tried. But we were, we were we, that, you know, in the name of shenanigans, we took our time. Yeah. No, I'm just on, not going to tweet anymore. <laughs> yeah. No, I, it was, I love it. I read all of the responses and yeah, they're, they're yeah, getting we, better. We do enjoy that. There's also, also some great uh, five star uh, mean reviews on 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 iTunes that I I, I I try to like wait till the season's over to read the reviews because really? it might like get too much in my head. <laughs> but, but there's some pretty funny ones. Yeah, because it takes so much of us to do this show. It does, yeah. Know? I mean, we're, we're putting it all out on the line to make NFZ. It's just incredibly hard being so vulnerable every two and a half weeks. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's just so brutal. Yeah, exactly. Bill Simmons, how do you do it? I know, the guy. Um, but uh, yeah, so, so this was T's last episode and yep. now we find out for sure what's going on we find out who Kaisha actually is and it's uh Juliana played by Juliana Margulies I guess she can't yeah. remember a character's name so they had to make sure that it was the character was her real name right 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 um, of course that's I, a little Hollywood inside info <laughs> for you guys <laughs> I love how they picked up on that with uh Tony true. kind of setting the table for us a little bit like you know clandestine meetings and phone calls or whatever the fuck mm-hmm. good vocab word for Tony by the way mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um he got a gold star for using the word clandestine in conversation yeah um, but you know, I, just, I, I, I wasn't one of those viewers who was like, who was like, Ooh, what's he up to going to that AA meeting? Cause it's oh, Chrissy no. and he's like doing stuff. Yeah. Me neither. I mean, it, yeah. it was only this time that I was like, Oh, they were setting that up at, at least one episode before. And maybe yeah. if we went back and watched again, it might be more than that. I'm not sure. But yeah, between but, that and Tony saying what he does, there's like just enough background where you can pick it up and be like, Oh yeah. 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 This has been ongoing. And speaking of background, we get maybe like the, one of the very few flashbacks in the entire series, we get another one this week and it's when they first meet in, uh, in the AA meeting. Um, that's right. And she thinks about fucking him in front of the, uh, the divey diner Mm -hmm. at, at a JF on JFK Boulevard. I've never been there. I don't know. It's it's on JFK. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I could have made that sound slicker. (laughs) It's all good. The whole show. (laughs) We'll we'll edit this down to five minutes later and we'll sound really smart. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's, uh, this is like the extension really, or like the logical end, I think of like Tony and Christopher's real relationship. Um, Now they're just straight up hiding things from each other. Uh, Christopher in some ways, I think is like, psychologically trying to get back at Tony with this. Like he knows that Tony tried to get there with Juliana mm-hmm. and by there, I mean home base um, and by home base, home base. I mean, having sex. When does he know? When does, when Chris, does, when does Chrissy know that, that uh, Tony went for it? Did he already know? Because I think it was just because he was there when she walked up with the Jamba Jews and everything. Yeah, I think it was like I, I, we don't really find out, but I think it was just kind of generally known. Like, oh, you guys like met up. Oh, you met up like last night to uh, sign some contracts, huh? Oh, at her apartment. Oh, okay, I see. You know, like uh, no one has yeah, to say yeah, anything, yeah. but it, but well, and they also know, he, but was, they don't know. he was basically like, yeah, they know. Yeah, he but he, you know, when she walked up, he was like, oh, oh, and then 
mm. like way back a few mm. episodes ago, nine nine months ago yeah. in <laughs> NFC time. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. Cool. Continue. So, yeah, answer so, my question. So Chris knows in some way, or, or got around the Bing, or Statrials, or who who really knows. Yeah. Um, and it seems like as far as as far as Chris thinks, they actually did do the deed. And by the deed, I mean home base. And by home base, again, I mean sex. Sex. Um, sex with her. But he finds out through her that that didn't happen. And that's like when he get, feels like he gets the quote unquote go ahead. I'm, I don't know. But I, <laughs> I think love how you've been using the word go ahead so much. Am I? <laughs> in, in, in a lot of contexts. And I, I love that. Yeah. It's baseball season, though. So <laughs> I'm just thinking about it. It's also a very mafia thing. You got the go ahead. That's you true. know what I mean? Um, yeah, but I think this is a way for Chris to. Uh, it's it's the only way he can really say fuck you back to Tony for the Adriana thing. Um, I think that Chris... and he's been he's been trying to, and not totally succeeding. Yeah, in so many ways, you know. I mean, yeah. like I know that in Chris's mind, he had to turn Adriana in, if you will. But I think there's still a lot of resentment there. Um, for one, I mean that the fact that Tony had that Tony did actually go through with killing her. I mean, I know that he, Chris knew that was the eventual outcome, but of course, like I'm sure it sucks uh, when it actually happens. But also, too, like I am sure it sucks. Yeah, <laughs> we, we've all done it. Yeah. But also, too, I mean, um, you know, Christopher has been feeling all season long that he really didn't get ju- enough recognition for that. Like that is the biggest sacrifice you could have possibly made for for the mafia for Tony, and then put that on top of already feeling like he's not getting enough. Yeah, you know, in general, and yeah. yeah, just being a generally empty person. Because um, like from the very from members only on, like he, you know, he's telling Eugene he has to go down up to Boston to kill that guy, and he's like, "What? I'm a captain now." And then yeah. in the hospital when he corners a like barely comatose uh, uh, Tony to say yes to the Cleaver idea. He's like, "You owe me for this Adriana thing." He just he's all season long. He's felt a lot of resentment about um, you know having to do that. And well, so, that's, that's the thing, and I think it's the regularness of life again, as you would put it, that like. Um, that 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 kind of bubbles up here because this is Chris's life and it is the regularness of life and yeah. you know killing Adriana for everyone else like that was a biggie you know in terms of in terms of the family mm-hmm. and deciding to do that but at the same time they're all just like great we can just continue doing things exactly as we were before that's yeah. why Tony and Syl were down with that but right for Chrissy he's like waiting for the big payoff where they're like you know what like you really you really did us a solid. Yeah. And like, he, here's your, tr- I don't know what, what he, there, there's nothing they could ever give. Right. Right. That would ever make up for that. And I don't mean like, because they don't want to, I mean, even if they did like, like he's not really thought this through where it's, I mean, or maybe he has, and that's the source of his addiction and a mm-hmm. lot of his sort of, uh, crappy priorities. Mm-hmm. Um, but what, what honestly, like, could they do well right yeah i mean nothing right and i think that he has that realization in the scene like after so they go back to using you know after they try this like valerian tea thing which they're, they're integrating it yeah into both, their lives yeah exactly but they're <laughs> both itching the entire time they're like they're dying to yeah yeah to integrate it <laughs> integrating it into our lives that's a great scene yeah um but then they're in the diner both kind of just like zonked out mm-hmm. um and Chris has that moment where he's like, I mean, it's it's really the end of Christopher's story in so many ways. Like there there are scenes and then and, and many stories next season, but from this point on, this is like you know the, just the unraveling really. Um, but because he has that scene in that the diner, unraveling. Hey, 
Rules of success. One word. One word titles. <laughs> the unraveling. <laughs> the, yeah, the movie we're pitching. The digital horror movie. <laughs> yeah, the unraveling. So, so here's our elevator pitch. Yeah. Um. But he he has that moment at the diner where he, in so many words, says like, "All my life, I bought into the fact that like we were soldiers. There was a code. Yep. You do this thing when you get made. There's a order to it." And he's like, but I'm realizing now it was just total bullshit. And that's like, yeah, because no one follows it. No one follows it. And yeah. really, when you think about it, that's how Christopher's story start. Christopher's story starts in season one. Mm-hmm. It's like he is, he's looking for his arc. He wants to be a soldier. He wants to be made. He wants to be part of this thing. He looks to Tony as like a father figure, right? Um, and an example. An example. And then all these years later, I think like in real time, it's been like seven or eight years. He just has. It's like, oh shit, no! I literally gave like everything except for my life right i but i gave my like fiance's life um and which is I, which is in many ways is much harder to live with probably yeah you see what i did anyways um well, sorry. It's, like, it's a little bit of a joke uh but yeah <laughs> like that's the thing is that he's realizing that all people really care about his money and that they're kind of you know they're cutting corners and and coloring outside the lines a little bit in terms of this bill of goods that he was sold yeah about like what he was devoting his life to right and I think that what you're saying about his story really ending is completely true. He's um, he's realizing he's completely trapped by this, mm-hmm. and there's it, there there isn't really a way out. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And uh, the only logical ending to his story is what actually winds up happening. Exactly. To him, yeah. I mean. You know? Yeah. Um, this is like you know. Uh, the end of act three and we really if it was a movie this would be like the end of act three and there's like 15 minutes left in the movie to kind of just like see where they all end up but like really christopher's story he gets cleaver next year Mm, and like there's like so there's like a little bit of like like a little bit of hope there for a second but like yeah you're right like where does it possibly go from this point on how could you possibly yeah exactly i mean i I forgot that was this episode by the way that's (laughs) one of the best like (laughs) grammatical it's not a grammatical error i suppose it's just weird it's a weird um but like i mean i think that what we get with christopher as time sort of moves on is the the magnification of his tragedy tragedy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So in this season, he's kind of like sailing along. Like people aren't busting his chops anymore for going to AA, you mm-hmm. know, like that kind of stuff. Like we're kind of past that. They're cool with the club soda. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And he's like a solid captain and he's fucking married and he's got a kid on the way and he's at family functions and shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think that that's really important, but, um, Oh, by the way, except not, uh, yeah, well, he's at Christmas, but getting his fucking chops busted. So like at the, in this one, in this, in that yeah. the end, but like, but the thing is like throughout the season, you know, he's, he's integrated recovery into his life. Mm-hmm. I, you know, he's, you know, chipping here and there, especially with Sir Ben and mm-hmm. so forth. Um, Sir Kingsley. <laughs> um, but, uh, at this point, at this point in the season, still funny, still funny. Just kind of, yeah. At this point in the season, I just love when he breaks the sunglasses. <laughs> like again, who does it hurt but himself? Um, by the end of the season, he's kind of like at cruising altitude a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. he's a full adult and like owns like this giant house and stuff. And you know, he has a kid on the way and stuff like that. But he's just still restless, and it's that regularness of life that he's like that the other guys are sort of going for a little bit in certain ways where they're like, yeah, we want to be at cruising altitude as far as like our mafia bullshit's concerned. And that's what I think that the whole opening sequence is about is that like, you know, they're kind of, they're, they're, they're cruising, they're mm-hmm. doing stuff, they're moving along, blah, blah, blah. 
you know, there's this, there's turmoil in the air between the two families and stuff like that, but they're, they're a solid team. They've, it clearly, they've got some sort of momentum. Mm-hmm. Um, but Chris is really uncomfortable with that. And then also the stuff that we get into in six B it, it just adds on top of that because it, it, it all just proves basically that he'll never be able to kind of relax and escape any of this. You know, yeah, he has no. a little scheme going with his father-in-law, which winds up being a total, like a sort of a disaster. And, I forgot all about that actually. Yeah. Yeah. And little Polly winds up in the hospital mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. one of the, a great, one of the great conflicts, you know, but it's just, it just, now that I'm mentioning it in this context, it just proves that he's like, there's an expiration date on him mm-hmm. being able to do this because all this stuff he's not really up up for. You know what yeah, I mean? No, yeah. There's nothing left to he's he's gotten everything he ever wanted. And it sucks. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I mean it's, it's he was never he was probably never really cut out for the life. Um kind of like Again, I mean, the, of course, if it's a Christopher episode, it's usually uh, an AJ episode, and this, this time my, this is one of my favorite things in the world. Yeah, yeah, you know? which is like something you don't really notice the first time through, but watching it now this time, it's uh, no, once you, again. You brought that up, and it's almost always right. Yeah, um, because they are Tony's two sons in some ways, and uh, you know, um, he's they actually, both have hot girlfriends and aren't that smart. That's true. <laughs> yeah, um, we'll want to jump over to AJ. I mean, he, he I'll jump he, over to AJ all day long. <laughs> um, I'm bringing it up with yeah. everybody. He uh uh. So last we saw him, he was stealing walls and grommets, uh, standees and uh, standees, standees, and uh, now he's so he's at that construction job that Tony set him up with last episode, and he's doing great. Yeah, he has I his mean, own money. He's showing up to work. Clearly, Tony told his construction guy to treat AJ like everyone else because, yeah. you know, when he's spacing out, looking at at, at Blanca's, you know, everything. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> right. All of it. As we all were. Yeah. yeah I mean. Um, you know, he's yelling, he's like, hey, Soprano. You know what I mean? Like, that shit, I, I love that, that Tony probably said that specifically. Yeah. Um, and it's so good for him. He's finally growing. He's finally doing it. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, building a little confidence up, you know? He's, yeah, yeah, exactly. A sense of mastery, as yeah. they say in, in child <laughs> psychology, which is, I think, the way we need to approach this guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, Tony is like harder on him than ever. Mm-hmm. Tony's just, it's just like with Chrissy. Tony's busting his chops like all the time. Yeah, but he uh, maybe cares in a different way. And, mm-hmm. um, Never, he's, he's he protects AJ in a different way. Like let's, he never really protected Christopher from it. That's but, true. But they're both super. You mean, sens- from, the, you mean from the life? From the or, life, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, they're both super sensitive. They both ultimately uh, get involved with the movie business in some way. AJ being more of a D girl, <laughs> but uh, again, Carmine, low key, yeah, the, the, true. the biggest character, yeah, kind of. But um, little 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 Carmine, little Carmine, not yeah, big not, Carmine. not big one, not the fish lips. Um, but he. Yeah, Tony's just always protected AJ in just a much different way. You know, like this whole season, AJ's uh, toying with growing up Soprano and sounding like a cool tough guy and like smoking cigarettes outside the hospital, bringing a knife to kill Junior. And he's never, <laughs> there's no way he's ever going to be cut out for this. Um, he just Tony, can't handle any of it. No, yeah. And, and Tony knows that. Uh, of course, he blames Carmela for it. <laughs> but um, but deep down. He might not be wrong about that. He, yeah, maybe not. But like, But it's because he's more normal than not. Right, yeah. And like like Melfi said, like Tony's protecting AJ in a way that his dad never really did mm-hmm. or Tony's Johnny Boy never did for Tony. Yeah. Um and so yeah, so AJ is not going to end up, you know, 
being <laughs> getting having a drug problem more than likely i mean who knows um i guess he did a little cocaine here and there but uh you know it's, it's he's yeah. not going to go the same route as christopher just because tony's right. stepped in there a little more and well but also because you know. of carmella christopher yeah. never had a carmella probably yeah i mean his mom which accounts for a lot right that's you know true. yeah he, christopher doesn't get that sympathy from anyone which would drive you to substances you yeah, know probably, what I mean? yeah. like everyone all of his all of his uh role models are just sort of toughing it out in life and yeah. making all the wrong decisions. And he thinks that that's the only way to go. And then his mother is like kind of barely, you know, one day by day. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that's, that's the thing. And so right. it's brutal. It's gotta be brutal. Yeah. But uh, AJ is as AJ as ever. Yeah. And he like recognizes that like the scene where he yeah. gives the bike away yeah. is incredible. Well, because the first time seeing it, I was just like, what the, f- is he going to get his ass kicked? Yeah. You know, and that's what you think. But then he does something that's kind of, it's, it, 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 it smacks of the aforementioned pussy assness yeah. that Chris, <laughs> Chrissy refers to, yeah. but it is, it's a pussy ass move, Yeah, but it totally works and it gets him, you know, Keys to the kingdom. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. he's Lord of the Manor. <laughs> this is afterward. mind blown after that. Yeah, I and mean, mine. Everybody's mind was blown after that. Like, yeah. holy crap! But like, he's for him. he's like, oh wait, I can figure stuff out on my own, and yet still, it's like executed in kind of the most hilarious possible way. Like, I got it for Christmas last year. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's actually <laughs> Gary of, Fisher. It's amazing that these guys take that. Like, what, what do they want with that? Honestly, they're gonna gonna get like a couple hundred bucks. I mean. I guess that's, yeah, 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 but it just seems sure. like, why not? It seems like they could take it, rob him and <laughs> like steal his car and then really get away with something. There's yeah. also that. Yeah. But um, it's also, we're, we're generalizing here, true. you know, but I'm just saying AJ's not a tough looking dude. He's walking no. up to you with a 10 speed bike. Like, why not take advantage of this guy? I fucking <laughs> you know? love that shit. It's great. Yeah. But I feel like he's, he's realizing that he's not God's gift in, in so many ways, you yeah. know what I mean? And he's realizing that he's, he's kind of aware of his own, uh, I don't want to say mortality, but just of his own, like not so amazingness. Yeah. Or like, limitations. Basically. Yeah. His limitations. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So he can't go up there like guns blazing, like a soprano, yeah. you know, if he was all coked out and shit and like coming from the club, he'd be like, like fucking Mark McGrath, you know what I mean? Like screaming at these kids, <laughs> like in that video. <laughs> That you showed me that's really funny. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Everyone watch Mark McGrath freak out on a fan. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just say, all I'm going to say is that it starts out with him yelling, who said sugar gay? And it's very, very it's funny. Because he loses his mind. Um, it's like a Mike Judge cartoon yeah. or something. Yeah. But um, yeah, basically, <laughs> now the podcast is about that. Uh, but yeah, basically, like he's aware of his own limitations and he and he does something that's like, and I only say this in the context of AJ, so mm-hmm. let's not take this wrong. He does something kind of smart, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? Agreed. For, for him. Yeah, totally. It would have been a death wish to walk out there with like, you know, I don't know, some kind of weapon, quote unquote. and Or no weapon. Yeah, yeah. And or, just like, yeah, hey, and just be like, what's up? Yeah. Beat it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he's gone from bringing a knife to kill an old person <laughs> <laughs> to uh, and dropping it and dropping it and clearly not being tough enough to handle anything remotely like that no nope. so just giving away his christmas presents from uh from his parents who uh you know bought, bought it with blood money <laughs> it's who a nice f- little cycle we have who going the here fuck buys like a 21 year old a bike for christmas yeah i know that's my other question like bro 
like I my parents asked me what I want for Christmas. I can't think of anything. Me neither at this yeah. point. But maybe I'm, I might ask for a Gary Fisher now. Just, yeah, to, just in case. Why just, not? Yeah. Just in case you need to like deal with some neighborhood uh, yep. neighborhood uh, bad boys. Yeah. Yeah, like bad boys. I'm talking about little children who are just being bad. It's Gary Fisher. Yeah, just give it away. For Christmas last year. Boy, um, tough mob negotiation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, he's got that part of Tony's personality, I guess. I mean, Tony figures smart ways out of uh, situations most of the time. He spent the entire season avoiding this uh, any violence, pretty much. Uh, it came to it eventually. That's true. But... That's true. Couldn't AJ have called his dad and just be like, hey, can you send someone down here to like tell yeah. these dudes to beat it? Because that. That would have had them gone forever and probably still gotten him the punani. Probably, but like he's, like you said, he's, he's trying to be his own man now, you know? Like, doesn't he, uh, he, he says something to Tony at some point about being like, he's like, I get my own money, you know? Like, oh, yeah, just shows I, it. I, I have a job. Yeah, That's yeah, what yeah. he says. You know, so he's trying like it's some to- some giant accomplishment. Right, yeah. I, I have a job that you got me. Like, he acts <laughs> like he got it himself. Like, listen, dad. Yeah. But like, it's- like, Just his, bug his, out, okay? Yeah. <laughs> but his dad pulled all the strings. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think it's also interesting, because there's clearly some kind of uh, funny connection there with that AJ's dating Blanca, um, who is a person of color, and, uh, you know, Christopher yeah. had to hide, quote-unquote, uh, quote Kaisha. Um, there's something mm-hmm. there. I don't know what it is. I'm just throwing it out there. Tony, they make comments. Tony and Carmella are like, Parallelograms. Okay. It's a parallelogram. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, Tony, I mean, Carmella's like, Carmella is just impossible, first yeah. of all. You know what I mean? Like. This is a particularly disgusting episode for Carmella, actually. How so? Uh, um, She ultimately, I mean, we, we should talk about this in the second half, I guess, but like. Okay. All I'll say is, if there is a second half, <laughs> yeah, we should just put out thirty minutes of silence we, after this. We just never know. Yeah, um, she like Christopher. I feel like actually all of the characters kind of end in this episode in some way, and it's like a point of no return yeah. for everybody. I mean, yep. the season started with her uh, seeing her husband get shot, and she's going to therapy, kind of crying about it, mm-hmm. and admitting finally that she knew who Tony was like she played the innocence just deer in headlights most of the series being like I, I don't know I mean I don't know how Tony makes his money I just right I just right. try to raise my kids but like this season she admitted no I know exactly what Tony does to get this house made and or, uh, put clothes on our children's backs totally and they have an outsider come in for Christmas mm-hmm. Blanca and uh you know she's like you have a beautiful house and she's like thank you you know yeah. what I mean and it's just like she knows exactly where it came from she knows that she knows you know, it's yeah. like, it's a great, it's all there. Yeah. It's not to skip ahead, but it's a great final line for, uh, for season six. A, I mean, it's just like, that's, that to me is like, like, I feel like you're, that's like a literary final, is it the final line of the, of the, of the series, the season. Yeah. Where she's like, you have a beautiful home. And I think she says like, thank, thank you. you. We do, you know, but yeah. like that whole entire house is built on like the bones of, <laughs> of all these innocent people that her husband has murdered over the years completely and including Adriana and sh- who she has officially just forgotten about, you know? Yeah. It's over. Yeah. Season, this season started with her having a dream about Adriana and, and it ends with her putting the private investigators card in the pile of throwaway things. Just being like, no, actually, uh, I don't give a shit anymore. Yeah. So it's, it's just really just gross over, overall. Right. But, um, right. yeah, but I love that last line. I feel like if you read that in like an 1800s novel, like one of the great novels that that would, that's oh, like, yeah. Our house. Yeah. yeah, exactly. No, I, t- I totally agree. Yeah. I mean, it's very, it's, it's the Dickensian aspect of, <laughs> of the Sopranos, <laughs> yeah, you know, totally. Um, it's it's a beautiful thing and the, and that final shot you know where we have you know the table is set so to speak mm-hmm. it's a little less suppery i mm-hmm. want to say but everyone's in the room 
I love Tony and the beret. Mm-hmm. It's the best thing. I love that they don't say why he's wearing it for a while, and you're just like, oh, because everyone wears something weird at Christmas. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Oh, Whether yeah. they're overdressed, underdressed, I'm going to make the debut of this crazy sweater or these socks or this tie. Yeah. Someone always has, is. it's not like the everyday, like, going to a birthday party outfit. Yeah, you can wear and, a goofy and so, thing. And so the beret didn't, like, set off any alarms for me at the beginning. I was just like, it's Christmas, he's wearing a beret. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But then he mentions it. Meadow's not there conspicuously, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. although I didn't really realize until she called, mm-hmm. frankly. Um, but I love it. I think it's great. Yeah, I mean, it's a great image to end on. Bacala is officially, you know, on his way up. Yeah, you know, Chrissy's still hanging around but getting his chops busted. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you can hog all that ice. Um, <laughs> it's like two cubes. Yeah. Two cubes. <laughs> But I mean, I read that, that that he was probably stoned in that moment, and maybe Tony's picking up on it. But hard to say, I guess. Maybe, but I. It that's seems just like a stoned kind of thing to do is to be, like pick up ice cubes and stare at them as you're putting them in but your the drink. Tong, but the tongs are so dumb. Like those yeah, are little teeny tongs. Yeah. You ever use tongs to get croutons? Uh, no, I pay someone to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Great answer. Yeah. Great answer. Um. But yeah, it is a great final moment. I'll admit when I when this first aired, it was like, really, they're gonna fucking blue ball us for the next like fifteen months. Uh, but now that you know the series is over and you can see where it fits, it's, and now that it's we a, can literally right at that moment jump to the next season, yeah, you know. But but when this episode first aired, it was like, damn, man, like the whole time they're uh, we'll take a well, we should take a break. But the whole time they're teasing. Uh, <laughs> I'm giving Brendan restless body language here. <laughs> Um, the whole time they're teasing Phil being like, we got to take someone out over there and they keep cutting to Christopher and you're like, oh shit, he's going to get killed in this episode. Nope. And then nothing. Yeah. So it was the first time through, it was like, damn it. Really? Like that's what they gave us the season of Vito in New Hampshire. And then this yep. hour long about just like, uh, Chris watching the 50 cent movie <laughs> with his new girlfriend <laughs> doing drugs. and doing a yeah, Valerian tea. But, uh, but yeah, now seeing where it fits, it's, it is a great, great episode and great final scene. I think you're totally right. Yeah. Thank that you. That sounds like the end of the podcast, but, but it's, it's only not. the end of this <laughs> We actually half. have to go back. <laughs> um, We're going to talk about the less significant details. Yeah. The minutia, the everyday bullshit yep. of uh, Kaisha. We will indeed. We'll be right back. Maybe. Or not. Let me see you do that. Nurture dance. Nurture dance. Feel me. Let me see you touch your toes or shake that thing and talk with your hands. Feel me. All my Ticos, all my Jamaicans, all my Blacks, all my Haitians. Feel me. Cause they know I'm a wreck to the day that they kill me. Bula. No fucking ZD is brought to you by. The hand turkey. For Christmas? Fucking idiot. These hoes be doing research. Research, research. I swear, she like, this piece of hair off in the sink ain't come from me first. No, no. I swear, I swear, I swear, I swear. The way you stressing got me blowing endo, outdo. Every time you intro, that's my cue to outro. And I know all my niggas call you crazy. You just misunderstood though. Through all the evil in your eyes, where I can still see the good though. But welcome back. Ah uh, yes. Like <laughs> WNFC. So, uh, we're we're big, big we're big big Sean fans. Mm-hmm. Not not really actually, mm-hmm. but uh, I I like that we uh we went with an all urban you know yeah. mix this time around. <laughs> True. Um, it's fun. Me too. 
It's a nice change. Good. We agree on something for once. Enough fucking guitars already. <laughs> Especially after last time with the back in black. So yeah, we just had like a whole butt rock episode. Yeah. I was really into it. Um, Big Sean is actually 6'8". Did you know that? He's very tall. That's I, why they call him Big Sean. No, they call him Big... He calls himself Big Sean because <laughs> of his wiener. Oh, right. He said that... Because it's that's, very small. That's <laughs> Yeah. That's why I'm... Uh, that's not what he'll tell you. But that's why... Uh, that's why I kind of swore him off a little bit. Although, like, you know, every song, he's got the one line that mm-hmm. can't get out of your head, you know? Yeah. Um, but on on television, Joan Rivers was interviewing him. And they were like, why do you call you Big Sean? And he's like, because I got a big dick. He's Really? <laughs> yes, to her face. And I found that to be so unladylike, <laughs> frankly. <laughs> was it this Joan Rivers on her... Uh... On Fashion Police. It was like years ago. Okay. But I was like, bro, come on. That's cool. Please, I mean, not cool, but please funny. Stop. Uh, Joan if, Rivers was cool, though. She was cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She had the biggest cock in the room. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Probably, honestly. Um, yeah, I, I, if I was like super famous, I don't think I'd do any interviews except for something like the Joan Rivers stuff or like Good Morning America with like Hoda and Kathy Lee. Just like drink white wine. Who's Hoda? Hoda is like Kathy Lee's, uh, uh, I might be way out of touch and she might have left at this point, but she was hosting. Isn't Good Morning America? Uh, not Good Morning America. Regis but like, and, uh, no, Regis no, is gone. <laughs> no, uh, not anymore. Michael and Kelly. Uh, yeah, but what, so Kathy Lee hosts a show with Hoda, is her is her guest host, or oh. her host, co-host, and they're basically always drinking white wine at like nine in the morning. Oh, and I would sick. Just, I would love to be like famous for a really serious thing, like make yeah. like some like crazy, like serious drama and then only promote my shit on that show. That's good. At like nine in the morning. I'm into that. I would like to have a partner who's famous for a really serious reason yeah. <laughs> and just have nothing to do and watch that shit like get up early to do nothing that's yeah, my dream would always would be real nice yeah um the regularness of life would be fantastic yeah at that i mean point. yeah uh but uh so carnby doing research uh we touched on it a little bit in part one of the uh of this pod yeah and, uh, and also last month or whatever yeah, yeah. whatever the last episode came <laughs> whatever out. that was yeah uh, but but my big question here is is she is she gaming is she is she is she playing tony mm. a little bit she's pushing on this stuff and then she gets her spec house and she's like fuck it who cares cuz i sort of read that scene where she throws the business card away of you know sh- is she leaning on tony to use the parlance of the uh yeah. the game it's a good question i mean it's uh it's not out of the question it's a good question that's not out of the question i mean that was the thing was that like Tony said that her spec house would move forward Mm -hmm. and then it didn't. Mm -hmm. I mean, as far as their agreement for their reconciliation. Yeah. I mean, he chose to make it not go forward at one point because he was just annoyed. But even if he didn't, she doesn't know, Mm -hmm. but but it's not happening. And so she's like, okay, well, I'm going to lean on you in this way. Yeah. Does she know? It's tough to say. I mean, yeah, probably. I mean, she knows, but she doesn't know. But does she know? And she's just like playing that card. Yeah. I think she can sense it makes him a little squirrely. She, at the very least, right? Yeah, probably. Just the topic. It's uh, it's like the big pussy stuff in season two. It's it's not maybe on the forefront of her mind, but like she has dreams about it. It's it's in there somewhere that something is wrong. Yes, that Adrian is dead. I mean that 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 uh, that cop with the old school like Parisian cop uniform in her last. No, they still dress like that. Oh, they do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah with a funny helmet and stuff. No, with a little cap. Is he wearing? A, I thought it was like one of those like bell bell-shaped helmets but I think I, he was wearing a i've cap. never seen the show anyway um i'm just is there a dream i i just totally guessed that yeah no there was a dream yeah but i think that like i mean 
that all plays into the idea that like she knows but she doesn't know but also you know one of the things that the chaser said mm-hmm. at that one interview that we caught mm-hmm. years ago yeah. that we base all of our theories on <laughs> yeah we're, uh, still, we're still just talking about that yeah basically. exactly yeah um he said that one of the things about these mafia dudes that that some of the writers uh, got better than others mm-hmm. was that these dudes are just always scheming and always figuring out ways to make money and and to game the system and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Maybe Carmela's learned a little bit about that, and she's also seen uh, uh, what's her name, um, Jennifer's Melfi. Not Jennifer's Melfi. Uh, Pussy's Pussy's mm, widow. Yes. Yep. The pussy widow. Right. Um, She's seen that. So it kind of, you know, I feel like she's looking to wet her beak a little bit on some level. Yeah, probably. It's, uh, yeah, I think you're probably right. But there's, there, it's like, it's both. It's that. And then there's also the external circumstances too. Like Adriana's mom does really try to kill herself, you know? Yes. Adriana's mom really does corner her at the feast and tell her these things. But is Carmela so savage that she sees this stuff and a little light bulb goes off and she's like, oh, my spec house. It's possible and it's probably a lot like like Tony trying to convince himself that he's not like a toxic person. I I bet on some level she's like, no, Adriana needs my help and I'm going to help her. However, I know that I could get a little something out of it if I do this. Completely, yeah. You know? And it totally works. Yeah. So, I mean, that is... You know, like like we were saying before, it is kind of like the, the logical end here. I mean, she yeah. gets what she wants. This is like, uh, if this story started in season five, episode twelve, it it ends here. You yeah. know, like they reconciled. Um, they both kind of knew what they were getting back into, but getting something out of it, and now she finally gets that. And, and now it's fully above board in terms yeah. of like there's a quid pro quo with everything, right? And also, she's above board with herself about the cost. Right. I mean, there's no more crying to a therapist about like, you know, oh, I I, I didn't know. I'm I'm just this innocent bystander who just I'm just trying to get my kids get to school on time. And that's it. It's like and she's fully buying in where she's just like, we do have a beautiful house. Yeah. And and I'm enjoying it. Exactly. And she doesn't care anymore. Yeah. I mean, the entire season, like, I mean, every season they kind of do this where someone's trying to maybe like break free from the life before ultimately coming back to Tony's orbit and then something tragic happening to them. Um, And then this season, like really put that like on the forefront finally. And like Tony gets shot and has to like reconcile his lifestyle. Like I could get killed doing this, like for real. Uh, Vito gets outed and gets a little taste of being like, you know, uh, openly gay and kind of free from the mob life before ultimately. And like, also from being a, and also a taste of being a fucking regular Joe Blow. Right. Yeah. With no standing. Right. I mean, everyone this season in some way was trying to sort of turn a new leaf over um, mm. before they ultimately just regressed. And they were like, nope, this is who I am. Like, this is my comfort zone. This that's is where what, I that's am. A, that's a really good point for better or for worse. Yeah. And also there are a lot of parallels between AJ and Carmela in that sense. Mm-hmm. Like, they're both sort of a little protected and, you know, in their own ways have issues with the way that their life is funded. And that's mm-hmm. a vast oversimplification, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and AJ will experience that pretty deeply in 6B. Yeah. Being put on this pedestal, you know, and and, and Blanco will uh, sort of, you know, break the logjam in terms of all of this subconscious dread of his coming out. Mm-hmm. Um but in many ways, I think that he's he and Carmela are very similar in that they are kind of okay with using the advantages in front of them, mm-hmm. uh, but 
they sort of react to it long term in different ways. Like AJ is already. Uh, let's just make it the AJ podcast. Yeah, um, it should be. A- I mean, it's named after AJ in a way. Yeah, actually, that's true. <laughs> so yeah. we we didn't even realize it, but Loki is <laughs> the favorite character. Um, I think that you know he's already kind of giving it to Tony a little bit, like with the "I have a job." Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like on some level that is sort of a dig to Tony. Like Tony doesn't have a job. Yeah, Tony leverages money from people. True. And that's a good point. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Tony doesn't have to be anywhere at 7 a.m. if he doesn't want to be there. You and know, maybe he has never done an honest day's work. And AJ is mm. like racking up, you know, 30, maybe 40 honest days work for his whole lifetime. Total. You know, yeah. under, he's got those under his belt. That's the high score for the Soprano family. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Very like, true. So he's all holier than thou about it for mm-hmm. sure. And Carmela doesn't really have a right to be, but is getting that sort of like virtual reality. You know, Carmela is like a DJ whose brain chemically is affected the same way by like pushing a button and having people go crazy as like someone playing like a, a beautiful saxophone solo and having <laughs> the crowd go crazy. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Like that's that's Carmela in her life. It's all just like it's all just like arranged marriages and like you know what I mean? Like yeah. people have pe- the, it's the same shit that she criticized Tony for in the past. You know, like your friends, like they you think of them as your friends. You know what I mean? Right. It's like the same thing with her. Like she's not accomplished. Right. Yeah. This isn't. Um, she can't really pat herself on the back for making the spec house thing happen. Oh, she, she, she does. She, yeah, she <laughs> but, does. Yeah, but she but, can't. She didn't. She didn't truly bust her ass to like break into real estate. No, and yeah. she didn't save money. She didn't. You know, she just like. She leveraged it, right. just like Tony. This isn't work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or um, it's not a job, I should say. Yeah, and but I think there is a level of acceptance in in this episode in particular where it's right. just kind of like, yep, this is like, this is really who I am and who we are, and and yeah, we do have this beautiful home. Uh, I know who built it. I don't really care anymore. Yep. Um, I'm proud of it nonetheless. Yeah. So like... I rest easy. She throws that card away and it's like she's throwing away the business card for those other therapists she saw and for the divorce attorney and the the wallpaper man. It's so much more on the nose than I realized. Yeah, it kind of is, I guess. Yeah. Did Did we like physically see Vic Musto in that pile? Or are you uh, just making assumptions here? I'm just making assumptions, but but yeah, the wall. Yeah, she's throwing. But, I love it. Yeah, I love it. Just thought of that right now. Fucking it, copyright and NF- yeah, no, <laughs> NFZ. No, that's really good. That's your slam dunk for the day. I mean, yeah. it's just like when I decide to go on a new diet, I throw away all of my loyalty cards. <laughs> you know, I'm like, right. I'm, I'm not going to get Sam's Club, the, Sam, I'm <laughs> Sam's Club, Subway, <laughs> fucking Jersey Mike's. Yeah, you know, like I'm not. You know, Vicks burritos. Obviously, there's a Vicks burritos. Yeah, well, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Um, copyright nfc no one start that business yeah no please don't all right we're i'm texting our our 86 year old intern right now yeah he's got to get very old he's got to find an attorney to to keep an eye out he's still t9ing so we'll see (laughs) he's always been very old um so yeah i mean again like it's really easy to watch like this episode and that final scene and kind of be like wow nothing happened in this in this episode but like Really, a, a quite a bit is going on under the surface. It's like ambitious yeah. in a way because well, it's, it's also. I mean, it's it, it, it's 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 a really. I love that you know seasons four and five. The format was played with a little bit because the 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 arena of the shenanigans was a little bit different. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, we kind of got back to this classic Sopranos 
really, really eventful penultimate episode for the season. Mm-hmm. And then the season finale was kind of like, let's reexamine where these people actually are at. Yeah. And it sets the table for, for the future. You know what I mean? Big time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's dark and bleak. I mean, it's, ex- we're about to enter like, like the next episode, Soprano home movies, the next two are like kind of action packed and sort of fun, but like not the same kind of action work. Yeah. I mean, it, it just gets so bleak from here on out, like really, really dark. Well, and, and it already does. I mean, let's talk about, you want to talk about the opening? I mean, the opening yeah. is, is quite dark and it's, but it's got this like, it's got this twinge of nostalgia. You know what I mean? It takes me back to uh, the end of, I want to say season two mm-hmm. with the, uh, with the, 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 the Rolling Stone song w- or the, the one, the episode, the season where Puss dies. Yeah. I think that's, that's Rolling That's isn't, like the one Keith that Richards. Lusker- oh, Keith Richards. Yeah, right. I yeah. knew it was a side man solo project. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was like, it, it takes <laughs> me back to that musically. It's in the, it's in a similar vein, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. it's this kind of ruminating introspective, uh, brooding rock song mm-hmm. but it's like clearly a b-side vibe and there's some humor too like the head full of snow lyric yeah, as they, yeah, yeah exactly as you see dom's frozen head <laughs> but the but that's but that shit is crazy because like you know it, it it is really dark and and we're seeing a sort of complacency with all of the characters in play where they're just like yeah we feel really good we've got a good flow going right now i i, I got rid of fat dom's head i blew up a building <laughs> yeah you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. like basically like tons of domestic terrorism happening yep and like they're just like yeah things are good right now you know and it's, it's and, Christmas. and same with carmela carmela is in carmela is part of that sequence which i think spoke mm. volumes to me or comes in like right right on the heels of it yeah and I, that says a lot she's in on it yeah yeah exactly she's complicit and 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 i love the way that that feels and i i also think that first shot of what i assume to be carlo's summer home on the shore with his wave runner and his chinzano umbrella which i think was a great touch where he goes to get (laughs) uh where he goes to get dom's head out of the freezer yeah it's um Mm. it's just it that's a very dark shot of like a boarded up or not boarded up but like you know, a shutdown for the season summer house, mm-hmm. very desolate, very dark, very cold. Yeah. And it feels end of the world. It feels like, know? yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and those are the kinds, of, a lot of the types of shots that we get in 6B, you know yeah. what I mean? Whether yep. it's like when they go full, go to the mattresses or before then, you know, or. Yeah, it's it, autumnal. And, it's autumnal. Yeah. And, and also, I don't think, aside from when they go up to Vermont, you know, mm-hmm. like, I don't think that it's the show never feels particularly like summery. You know what I mean? Right. It's, right. it's, uh, it's kind of chilly. Even like when AJ's going to kill himself, like the pool looks crappy. Yeah. It just all has this, like this, like this, like smear of dread over it. Yeah. You know yeah, what yeah. I mean? It's just a little bit gray. Yeah. Even the one episode I can think of where it is a little sunny is, uh, chasing it, but it's like, like, oh, in Vegas? No, well, in Vegas, oh, yeah. Vegas but the, the episode there. where Hesh's girlfriend dies, like that, the one that's really one of the weaker episodes of season six B. Right, right. But it is like sunny weather, but it's the sun is like always setting. You know, yeah, like exactly. Yeah, it's just it's an icky feeling. Uh, yeah, it's <laughs> an whole, icky feeling, yeah. and it's like a things are slipping away sort of feeling. Yeah, exactly. It's like the end of a mushroom trip. You know what I mean? You're right. Like, Damn it. Um, and it's just gonna get worse. <laughs> yeah. And I think that like. It's it's interesting because I think weather has always played a big mm-hmm. part of, you know, it's always been a big symbol. 
yeah. in The Sopranos. Like the like wind has always been a big thing. Yeah, you know, yeah. when wind is kicking up, someone's gonna get it usually, right. especially this season with the Ojibwe saying and all that. Oh, you know? absolutely. Yeah. That's a good point. I didn't put that together. Fuck. God damn it. I have a cheat sheet. I got to try harder next time. I listen to another Sopranos podcast and I get all my answers <laughs> and then I come in here and just rip it off. Um, let's, uh, let's talk about the mafia shenanigans in, uh, in, in this episode. We got a great Lil Carmine scene. Um, With some of the worst English I've ever heard. Yeah. Well, uh, he just has like five in a row. Like is, of, this like, is the these precipice terrible, one, right? Pre- yeah. No, no, no. He is it not? No, it's not the precipice one, but he just, he just... His whole spiel, I can't even remember them. They're so plentiful. Yeah. But he's just saying all of this stuff and he's talking about their bottom lines and it's just like the English is terrible and they're both looking at each other like, okay. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. There's, yeah. I forget trying- what it is, but there's one in particular that Tony and Phil are like exchange a look after and yeah. Yeah. I might have written it down. He but just messes up almost answer. every, he like tries really hard yeah. to use words, but like doesn't remember the correct one. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think that's the, the simplest way to put it. Yeah. Um, but uh, it just goes to show you that like it's all it's all a disaster really because like Car- Lil Carmine's in there trying to get them to patch it up, mm-hmm. and then he mentions Rusty and Tony and and uh, and uh, fucking Sil Sil no t- <laughs> don't help me oh, okay <laughs> don't help me Phil mm-hmm. <laughs> Tony and Phil are looking at each other like knowingly. Because they're responsible for Rusty's death. Oh, that's right. Yes, and yes. Yep. I think Lil Carmine like inadvertently endears them to each other by mentioning Rusty. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, it's like we have a thing between us. Like, yeah. hey, come on now. It doesn't all have to be. It's like yeah. a little secret. But at the same time, it's just like, to me, it's just also, ugh. You know, there's like, there's no angle in which to look at this where someone isn't being like completely deceptive or mm-hmm. terrible. You know what I mean? Yeah. And... And also, this is a bit of a a for, excuse me. This is there's a bit of foreshadowing happening here because, like, at the very end of six B, it's Lil Carmine that winds up being the crux of, you know, some things coming together for Tony. Right. And uh, it barely works this time. Yeah. Sort of doesn't. Well, it almost does until until he pulls a Lil Carmine and brings up Billy Leotardo for like no reason at all. Whatever happened there? Yeah, I mean, it's they were a dumbass. Yeah, that's like the most. That's that's like one of the most TV moments in the show. You know, right? Totally. Like, oh, we're scot free. That's like out of a sitcom, basically. Um, That's a good point. I mean, but but that's perfect for Lil Carmine. Yeah, it is. I I think. Yeah. Uh yeah, so I mean they're about to patch things up. The the Billy thing comes back up again. Phil never let that go, you know. And why would you? And yeah, I mean, but uh, you know, you look back at season six A, and it's like every decision he makes is to stick it to Tony in some way, and it's because mm-hmm. all it's like Chris. I mean, like he can't really like take him out. He can't really do anything. He can't talk about it. He can't say it say it out loud. But like he can stick it to Tony in little ways, just he to kind of be like him. fuck you. Yeah, yeah like exactly. You, like you are. You maybe didn't kill him yourself, but like your relative killed my relative. Right. I had to swallow this shit. You know. Yep. Exactly. Um, and so from there, it's like we said before. I mean, they they tease the entire hour. They're teasing that Phil, this like really scary Frankenstein monster out in New York, is gonna. <laughs> Uh, is it going to take someone in the Soprano crew out? It's just like, who is it? When is it going to happen? Yeah. Uh, it doesn't happen because he has, I guess, like not one but two heart attacks. Something, <laughs> or, or I don't know what it is, but he's really upset that he had to whack his lover. 
Yeah, right. Yeah. And go home to his wife. And who's go home still, to his terrible wife. Yeah. And uh, his his best friend, his maid, who he had something to get straight with. I don't know yep. if everybody caught that. Like the woman that he's with when he gets blown back on his keister. The skifuza, as Benny says. <laughs> I don't know what that means, so sorry. Um, she's his maid. Yeah. And I love that little detail. And she'll be killed next year along with her dad who looks similar to Phil, right? I don't think it's the same person. I thought it was. I thought that... I don't know. Well, well, I've never seen the well, show. I just, well, I've heard people talk about it. We'll have to it. confirm that. I mean, she looks similar, yeah. but I think it's like a, I think it's a coincidence. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess we'll see. Um, we'll anyway, find out. He's, Jesus. Uh, so I guess he, you're going to have to keep listening. Yeah. So he's, 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 he's banging both of these women. Oh, I guess he's probably not banging his wife anymore, but at one time he probably was. And also who knows if he's banging this woman? I mean, again, if he is banging this woman, it's no, it's nothing against my theory about his love life. That's true. I mean, hey. um, it's cool, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but I, I I just do like that detail. I think it's interesting. Like Phil's life is just as complicated as everybody else's. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And we only get like a couple scenes really last week and this week. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, there's, there's but his, his, as we said last time, his wife is uh, no picnic. No, not at all. No picnic. Uh, definitely adds to his stress along with being acting boss and, and Johnny oh being away and, and Johnny now there, he's like enemy number one at this point for them. Yeah. Uh, interesting detail that Ginny sack is there when, uh, Tony arrives at the hospital. Yeah. And, uh, very cold to Tony, <laughs> the guy who just stole her house out from underneath her. Oh yeah. She basically just walks out of the room. Um, but yeah, so like a whole series of back and forths happen. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm, Tony's mm-hmm. smart about it. Like they they killed Fat Dom. They shouldn't. They should not have done that. So they, but they still they still go ahead and blow up that uh the storefront, knowing that it'll kind of throw them off, and it works. Well, because Jimmy's, the storefront is payback for Vito, because right, they have to do something. In, in in you know the optics of it are that they're trying to show that they didn't get payback by taking out fat dom exactly you yeah. know they, they're they're not trying to do a 9-11 here right basically uh right as um, uh as uh what's his name puts it butchie as you said it yourself personally you were you're always mad <laughs> i'm just joking <laughs> um, uh ultimately yeah so we were kind of leading up to this big explosive moment where someone's probably going to get shot or killed or something and mm-hmm. then then phil has a heart attack and runs to Asif Manvi from The Daily Show, who's <laughs> working at the hospital. <laughs> Who I think is hilarious, but like too hilarious for some of this business it's, here. It's, when yeah, he's yelling slightly. for the crash cart, you're like, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, he, like he makes, I, I love how smug he is with Phil at the beginning because like, right. who's the only person who can talk to a mafia boss like that? Your doctor. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. My doctor's not smug, but I definitely always come out of the doctor feeling like, well, you know, like you, you don't have the upper hand in any of those interactions Never. because they can just always tell you something that's like way more heavy or, you know, they always have the trump card. Right, right. Yeah. And frankly, you don't know what's going on. It's just <laughs> yeah. it's like a mechanic. I could know? never, yeah, I could never diagnose someone like with that, anything. That's what that is? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so Tony dodges a bullet ultimately and they have this moment where again a, after all this bravado all season long about what it means to be a man and like never crying and never showing emotion right. they hold hands in the hospital uh, and Phil cries and there is this moment yeah. where it's like he is gonna maybe stop and smell the roses himself and realize that uh, yep. I forget exactly what Tony says but it's just the idea that there's enough garbage for everybody again you yeah, know exactly um you know Boys, but i mean you said it i mean i think that it, it's interesting because he he starts to go down that road but like everybody in soprano land 
quickly, you know, doesn't about face and yeah. gets even crazier than ever. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that this is a guy who's basically lost everything. And like, you know, Phil's also this guy who's experiencing this thing where like, is it worth it? I don't know. Yeah. And I think toward the end, he's just angry and he doesn't care anymore. You know? Mm-hmm. And next season, you mean? Or now? Yeah. In or, yeah. Six, no, in 6B. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? Like very early on. Like once we start to get, or not very early, but once we start to get toward that critical mass mm-hmm. of like, okay, the end is in sight. You know, you feel him. It's the same episode. It's the episode where Chrissy's baby gets baptized. Yeah, you know, he's, great sequence. he's, he's basically, yeah, amazing fucking really profound sequence. And it's mm-hmm. just like the table's set for the end of the series. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I mean, we'll, we'll get to that, but, uh, we, perhaps feet, we will do an episode on that. Maybe, episode yeah, as well. we'll think about it. We're, <laughs> we're going to skip around next season, actually, and just pick and choose which ones we like. Let's just do it in terms of scenes. Yeah. Or <laughs> that. Yeah. That's a good idea. This is the chicken town episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, season 6B is all about legacies and, and endings in general, so it, it makes sense that Phil would be just obsessed with that, because he's, he's very image conscious, for sure, you know, how you look, how manly you look, how strong you look, how, it's, it's pathetic. Well, he's conscious of other people's images, too. Yeah, yeah, I mean, just overall, it's, it's a, an obsession of his that's, yep. that's, that uh, doesn't work out very well for him in the end. Um, he should have been in PR, you know us I, no th- not us <laughs> no definitely not I, was Phil, say. I mean i keep i feel like we should go through some of these characters as we do our final season and and try to sort of match them up like the career guide them a yeah. little bit <laughs> you know i think i think phil would have been a slam dunk like hollywood P- pr guy probably yeah he understands the importance of an image like you know golden I mean? age of hollywood the golden age of hollywood absolutely yeah, yeah you yeah. know like you need to lose 10 pounds he'd have a hard time with the instagrams now i think <laughs> maybe i don't know <laughs> yeah his hashtags would be way too long probably yeah yeah um so yeah i mean so that's where we leave it i mean it's it's a quiet episode it's a it's a slow bleak episode um but we're we're the, like you said the table set that last shot is kind of uh it, it's it might look happy and cheery and christmasy on the outside but really like underneath it there's a lot of stuff going on that we you know um the careful viewers have picked up on and i would consider us to be pretty careful most of the I mean, time I'm careful with some things <laughs> yeah i never ever buy anything online because my mom says it's bad it's probably bad yeah, yeah. uh you know i mean christopher and tony's relationship is broken carmela mm-hmm. has has just taken the throne as a mob queen and no longer cares about anything else uh, meadow's gone meadow's gone yeah i thought about that like at, at that at that chaser thing that we saw um did she have a baby is that why she was gone uh no she was dealing with some health problems though that seems like classic yeah. i don't think all i'm saying is that i don't think that's some like plot sticking point that like not necessarily oh, was out of town for a while you know like, yeah but i think that there is an like when she calls from california and tony's the one picking up like I, I don't know i might be reaching but there's a little bit of the costa mesa thing in there for me where it's like a loved one is out there somewhere but they're really far away just out of reach and mm-hmm. you know like I just remember the chaser at that interview talking about how uh, when he thinks of the final scene, he thinks of separation and there's a little bit of that happen or some, one of the people who got up and basically you know, gave frankly, their- I've had it with this guy, <laughs> <laughs> the, the chaser. Yeah. Well, someone got up and as they, as people always do with these question and answer things, like he was just like, here's my theory on the ending. Care to comment? <laughs> and like, the- Oh, that guy was so embarrassing. Yeah. The whole and- room, it just tanked the energy in the room. Yeah. I, everyone kind of groaned when he was like, the electricity the ending. Uh, oh yeah. And then the, yeah, the electricity went out after that. Um, but he brought up separation and, and, and the chaser was like, yeah, I, I think of separation when I think of that final scene. And so I, I, I'm trying to piece it together. Like 
Mm. And there is something you think like he was just shining that dude on because he didn't want to talk about it. But there's know? that speech he gives about like the school bus next season, where it's like you kind of set out in life and get on the school bus, and like you think you're gonna go home at the end of the day, but like you kind of just like keep moving in a different direction, and like families get separated. That's and not what he says. He says moms some- are like a school bus, and then you think you want to get off, but the whole but but then you get off and the rest of your life, you're just trying to get back on the school bus. Well, yeah, that's kind of what I I took a totally different meaning from that. That's interesting. Oh, I took it. to kind of be like, yeah, like you start off. Well, I guess we'll get, we'll get to that. You start off like being up for that. And then you go, you look for your independence Yeah, and to like find your own way. And then, (laughs) and then maybe you realize that that sucks. Yeah. I've never seen the show. So I I just don't like paying my own expenses. I still wish my parents like paid my rent. That's all I'm saying. I guess I took that as kind of being about like how you, it's like a, you can never go back kind of thing in a way too, if that makes any sense. That's a very good point. I don't know, but it's, it's been a long time since I've never seen it. So, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but anyway, well put. uh, So yeah, we end on a kind of dark, dark note. It just happens to be a Christmas Eve uh, dinner. I Um, like that this, this episode, I feel like takes course, over a longer period of time more than a month yeah more than a month yeah because they start out before thanksgiving there's a very serious shot of the the, the <laughs> one of my favorite soprano isms which is like just like dropping the turkey on the counter yeah i mean <laughs> yeah. like here we go again yep you know what i mean it just has such a feeling of like the rigmarole of life yeah yeah i mean there's enough time for christopher and juliana to be hot and heavy get into drugs and then everything to just like totally go sour yeah Yeah. speaking of hot and heavy actually um oh and enough time for a flashback too Mm -hmm. um speaking of hot and heavy though the sex with aj and blanca yeah she's hot Mm -hmm. super you know super hot from the ladies that i've polled aj is not super hot but Mm -hmm. the wrong demographic i think you know um, that I've been pulled, you know, my sample size was like one person, so, so it, it didn't work out. But, um, is it a little much like all of the stuff, like that scene where she's like dancing up to him and like at the bar? Is it a little much? That scene is not great. Yeah. Like, cause it, that just doesn't, in my experience, well, uh, not, I don't see I that mean, happening look, in look, bars to people. Yeah. Is what I'm saying. I've never I seen it happen up, to someone else. Yeah, yeah exactly. Ex- yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just because it's never happened to us. You right. Know, like, I guess that's true. But like that, that, that feels like a, a TV scene in the, in many ways, you know? Yeah. Cause ch- I feel like normally, again, it's never happened to us, but like normally you're like hanging out in a group and then like you kind of pair off. Like I, I don't see a lot of, uh, because you meet someone who gets it. Yeah, but <laughs> rarely do I look up at a bar when I'm by myself and lonely uh, and see someone dancing across the bar and, and picking somebody up. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a little much. It's a little much. And then the way that, and then the way that she bangs him. I just, a lot much. I just don't want anyone to experience that because I haven't. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's essentially right. my outlook yeah. on Playground's it. Like, closed for all of you out there, yeah, by the way. Exactly. Yeah. I'm just like, stop perpetuating that myth yeah. until it happens to me. And right. then I'll I'll be very happy to see it. And then we'll accept it, yeah. Yeah. But I'm, you know, I, I guess I just haven't done enough for my love life, you know, like yeah. giving away my bike. <laughs> you yeah, know, that's your problem. Like that. I mean, it's the best AJ has had and probably will ever have for free. I don't know, Devin Pillsbury. Yeah, true, true. But she Bianca's, was a Blanca's a, she was a booyah hottie, but Blanca's 10 years older in experience, so. Oh, yeah, that yeah. experience goes a long way. Yeah. For shizzle. Um, so, yeah, 
so the one thing I wish we talked about though is the the parallels between Juliana and Adriana uh, a little more because there's like so many little shots. So guys, if you're watching it, just pay attention to that. Christopher leaving for the drugstore to go pick up the Valerian tea is very similar to him leaving to go pick up cigarettes when he leaves Adriana. They're both really tragic moments. Ultimately, she crawls away to throw up the way Adriana crawls away to get murdered. Um, Bro, that just little things. We didn't. We'll, we'll we'll leave it up to the, Look, you've the got listeners. Like, it, this is like the, the the you've got like the thirty point lead at the end of the fourth quarter. You can put in your bench players now. Just like slow <laughs> right. down, okay? Right. Um. So that is that was Kaisha. That was Kaisha. I mean, again, better episode than it it seemed on first watch because now we yeah. see where it fits in. But it is it's it's a slow brooding episode. It's like Hitchcockian and so, like that movie theater scene where they're both. Well, like they do play up. the Vertigo soundtrack, which yeah. is interesting. I I just to mention that real quick. You know, I was thinking about it because Vertigo is one of my favorite movies. Uh, yeah, great movie. And um, I was thinking about the 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 parallels perhaps because like stuff like shit like that doesn't just like make its way into some music supervisor wasn't like let's use vertigo like that was in the script you know yeah I, I, that is and, david chase being like we're using this yeah exactly yeah. and i think that first of all a tip of the hat to hitchcock for yeah. sure mm-hmm. um because the hitch the hitch the hitcher because <laughs> 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 the hitcher was all about self-deception mm-hmm. you know and like that's one mm-hmm. of the things that i love about his films and one of the things that you know, makes his films re- rewatchable for me on such a high level, just like a <laughs> Mad Men or a Sopranos, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where like you know these these main characters and even the supporting characters, there's a there, there are layers to them, like nachos, as uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. as uh, they say in, in Breaking Bad, um, and basically like it, it just creates this whole other spin to the story because you're not only like there's not just a simple thing to root for in any of these situations. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that's one of the things about Sopranos that's very Hitchcockian, especially uh, similar to Vertigo. But also in terms of their relationship, you know, um, Juliana Skiff reminds me a little bit of Kim Novak's character in Vertigo. Mm-hmm. Now, bear in mind, I would not have thought this at all if it weren't for that music. Right. So I feel like I'm reaching a little bit here. But just in terms of like them sort of having these parts of themselves that you know i love i know chrissy likes to think that like the him on drugs is like the real him you mm-hmm. know what i mean but it's like bro you're not the weekend <laughs> like you know what i mean yep. um but i think that with juliana like it, it really isn't you know what i mean and it's something that she's like sort of swept away with but it's she, not, you mean it's, uh, she has a solid life before she starts using again. Yeah. You know right. what I mean? And yeah. I, I don't see her as like a, a troublemaker as my mom would say. Right. You know what I mean? And so she kind of falls back into this world a little bit, but she's like sort of dabbling with it. And in a lot of ways she's, there's, 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 there's deception. There's a, there's a little bit of self-deception happening. Mm-hmm. I think based on the, the sort of doldrums of life. And I yeah. think that she's an interesting case because I think that she is a, a case of, you know, clearly she's an ex addict and stuff, and like that's so she's had her ups and downs. Yeah, but with Chris, it does feel like she fell in with a bad crowd, and that she would not have gone in this direction. Yeah, probably if, not. Were it not for that being nurtured by someone like himself, you know what I mean? Yeah, probably. Uh, there's just something kind of intoxicating about it. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and and. She knows that. I mean, she's saying it to her friend slash sponsor in the grocery store, and, and who's just like, "Listen, you got to run, like, get away from this." And she's like, "I know," but well, and I love, like, and I love the regularness of that scene. She's like, 
I mean, I think about it and she's like on her way home from work, like getting dinner at the grocery store. Mm-hmm. Like how much more mundane can you get? Yeah. It's a great choice for that scene. Yeah. When you is know, Chris, she, she needs a little excitement. Right. Yeah. Like when is Christopher, he stops at Satrial's maybe <laughs> for some meat, but like when does he really go shopping for food or yeah. Well, like, well she's just on she, different she's wavelengths. She's not even going home to cook. She's at the, um, you know, the, the, the well, salad the, bar. Yeah. Uh, not that there's yeah. anything wrong with that, no, but no, that's no. more of like a weekday work lunch vibe, you know, not yeah. an on my way home. I'm sick. Th- I mean, if I'm sick and I'm on my way home, I'm going to, I'm going to buy some serious comfort food shit. You yep. know what I mean? I'm not going to get like a spinach salad at the salad bar with extra yeah. croutons. I'm getting ramen and it's going to be spicy as fuck. That's good. Uh, yeah. Uh, clear you right out. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, yeah, we don't have time, but, but there are, there's, 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 <laughs> <Do> we? <laughs> to, well, yeah, I don't know. The, like, but. Yeah, you could you could definitely like read it multiple ways because in some ways I feel like she was just itching to get back into it and they found any excuse they could. Like for a second there, I was even like, is she faking the cold? Like, is it really that bad? Do they need any medication at all? Like, so it's it's tough to say, but I think you're right. I think if she had never met Christopher at AA, like maybe she would have relapsed again sometime in the future, but like not yeah. then, not that way, you know? Yep. Um, and it's it's good that when we come back next year, she's probably out of the picture and much healthier. <laughs> Great and, kid. And not around this. Yeah, definitely. Great kid. Uh, and uh, making a lot of money. I mean, doing really well for herself. So hopefully she's hey, figured it out by Newark, now. Newark real estate. Who knew? Yeah. Um, all right. That is Kaisha. We, uh, let's, let's, I, I got a couple questions for us this week. We can just like a rapid fire thing. I just feel like we owe it to uh, our two listeners. No, um, let, let's do it. I, I saw that there were some and I looked at them a while ago mm-hmm. and uh, I saw that there were some good ones, but I don't remember them. So, uh, this one seems appropriate. This is from, uh, John Sugar. <laughs> this is from, uh, another great Twitter name. At if X- that's your real name, I hope so. Praise be. <laughs> uh, what in your opinion was the best sequence or moment of mafia hijinks or as late as we like to call them shenanigans in this episode? Uh, it, well, I guess it's open-ended. I, I gotta say in recent memory, uh, fat Dom getting killed mm-hmm. was Really, a masterpiece moment. It's a good one between the cooking and the apron and the whatnot. Yep. What do you think? Um. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, Bobby beating up the uh, carnival guy. <laughs> yeah, that's also a good one. <laughs> I feel like a lot of mine are from early on, like like either like uh, sure. Uh, I well, mean, they were much more Pine plentiful Bear. back then. Yeah, but like all of Pine Barrens is kind of fun. Uh, oh bef- yeah, you can't get past that. That's, uh, yeah. that's that's the long and the short of it. Definitely. But even like bef- like some of like the early uh, heists with uh, like like Chris and Matt Drinkwater and and like when they're shitting oh, their pants when and stuff. When, yeah, when he's shitting while they're chipping that safe. That's uh, yeah. that's pretty iconic yeah yeah like that and that's yeah. easily on the level with anything in goodfellas i yeah. think yeah that and like uh and then the famous pussy scene with the they know but they don't know and like like early christopher was fun because he's just like early this young kid like fun. oh okay like this is cool you know got a little uh and, and, and we're learning about it with him right you know yeah. what i mean and so yeah that's totally exciting i love that i also love uh I gotta say uh murmur going after the credit cards and stuff mm. is fucking awesome I just spilled my drink in my eye somehow. Well, uh, <laughs> sorry, Charlie. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. Um, but yeah, the, some of the more lighthearted ones happen towards the beginning of the series. And some, yeah, well, but some of the funny, I mean, like, when, like again, with the, the St. Al Zaire thing, with the, yeah. with the carnival guy, with Janice in the back of the car, with the neck brace on. Yep, yep. That's that's mafia hijinks. That, that qualifies. True. It's pretty that's good. Uh, not a great episode, but the Columbus stuff. Ralphie and that poster and things like that. Ralphie's death. Ralphie's that's, death. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah. 
Yeah. And also they found they managed a way to like keep it with the hijinks thing, but also make it you know, a super pivotal plot point. Yeah, right. In yeah. a lot of ways. And and also in terms of the way that, that Chrissy and Tony sort of interact there is is fun. Yeah. That's fun. <laughs> Definitely I don't know fun. If fun's the right word, but uh yeah, you know. Uh I would say so. Okay. All right. So um this is from at uh Brian Kirshner. If Melfi wasn't Tony's therapist and they met, do you think she would accept Tony's advances or would Tony even make any? Um would she accept? I think that the answer to both of those might be no. Yeah. He's well, n- he's not we- really in the business of people who aren't like kind of a little bit on the uh what, what am i trying to say like i think of gloria trillo yeah you know because she's like the most legit like girlfriend that he's had in terms of like she has a career and she's like almost his age you know and stuff like that mm-hmm. but she's just like clearly like from a mile away she's looking to get into trouble yeah yeah you know? yep totally like there's uh i guess you can kind of sniff out when someone else has like that uh that darker side or yeah, something there's nothing or... dangerous about melfi yeah yeah uh yeah, probably the reason he makes an advance at all is the reason she gives that you're you kind of fall in love with your therapist because like because you do they care so much and they're your the the shoulder to cry on. Mine's and, an eighty nine year old Jew, Jewish guy and and you just love him. I just love him. Yeah, you're always on this posters <laughs> and this, this entire studio is full of posters of this guy, like, <laughs> just, like standees of Evan's therapist. Standees, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, it's. He's looked, the, he's looked exactly the same since 1999. That's the other funny part it's of it. It's good for him, actually. Yeah, I like a lover who can age, yeah. you know? <laughs> gracefully, very yeah. gracefully, yeah. We um, should have him on the podcast. We should, we'd actually. All, we'd I'm all not learn a joking. lot, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> I, it would be funny, because we'd have that whole therapist angle where I'd be feel I'd feel weird about every joke I made, and I'd be like, what does he think of that? You know? <laughs> Just writing. <a> little, <laughs> yeah, I, exactly. yeah, I'm going to start bringing a notepad to these, actually, and not respond. Just not talking at all. Yeah, just, oh, like mm, Betty Draper's hmm. therapist. Yeah, I see. Um, this one comes from at... You know, Jim, uh, if one episode had to be made into a standalone film, which one do you think it would be? Um, I think the very obvious one is college because that basically is already yeah. its own movie. You don't really need anything before or after that to get that movie. Sure. sure. Um, I also think the episode where the episode where uh, Carmela is trying to get a divorce attorney mm-hmm. and she like throws her groceries on the ground. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, the guy can or can't do it. That could be a short film. Yeah, yeah. All of season four, Condensed, could be one movie, I think. Yep, yep. Uh, uh, seeing, uh, what's her name, the woman, the the, the Marilyn woman the, uh, who he meets at the graveyard. Yeah. Uh, Pam? Faye. Uh, Is she named Faye? I, I don't think she's Faye. I don't know. Is she Faye? Maybe. Anyway. Faye from Mad Men? I think that's what you're talking about. No. Uh, yeah. Um, Pine Barrens, I guess. Pine Barrens for sure, but yeah. Pine, that, that's more of a slice of life. Yeah. Yeah. You need, But it could have been a Fargo-ish ty- like, type. Oh, I guess you're you right. Know, yeah, something yeah, yeah. going on there. Totally. And uh, the ending would have been the fucking same. Probably. Yeah. Um, and then I guess like the Adriana story, you would need to mix and match from a few episodes, but like you could make that its own thing potentially be extremely tragic and depressing as fuck, but that yep. could be its own movie. Also the previous episode though, uh, where, uh, you know, Carmela and, uh, Rose trip to Paris. Yeah, that too. I think it's very, it, it could be really interesting. It doesn't really have a beginning and an end in the way you need from a movie. 
Yeah. There's not as much setup in it, but in terms of just the duality of Carmela being away and Tony being at home and being a boy who plays, mm-hmm. as, well, <laughs> as it were. All right. Boys are out tonight. Moving right along. Um, this one comes from, uh, uh, sorry, this one. Oh, the coach, the coach, uh, sorry, before we move on, the, 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 oh, the, the soccer team guy. Yeah, true. That too. That could definitely be its own movie, but it would be kind of a shitty movie. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're all... Yeah, that would be a, a Saturday afternoon, like nothing else is yeah. on. I'm going to fall asleep and wake up every so often. The movie would have to be about the coach and not about like weighing right and wrong. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or like a, like a, even like pull it back a little bit. It's just like about this town in Jersey where like the mob guys go after the pedophiles and like a high school kid is in the middle or something like that. Oh, that's a good call. Yeah. I love that. If it followed a, a kid on the team, maybe. Maybe that's what the prequel is about. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's just about the coach. Um, This one comes from at Rob Selby. Uh, I believe he's asked us a question before that was also kind of a, a SAT question here, and this one is no different. Oh, Jesus, um, here we go. Is there any truth to the claim? This is a, this is a big question, actually. Oh, is there any truth me. to the claim that the so-called golden age of television is dead? It seems to me that modern TV is so saturated with the shows that want to be hits, that try to be edgy, yet end up feeling unoriginal and derivative. Wrong. I, I mean, think here okay here's my answer and then and then you can go but okay. I have I have like a knee jerk fucking response to this this poor shit. <laughs> okay. I love you. I love your questions. Um <laughs> here's my thought. I live I've lived in New York a good <sighs> 7 8 months. Yeah. No, 7 8 years. Uh and, uh, and <laughs> No, it's months. What people <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> yeah, I'm like really upset about how the train's gone downhill over yeah. the last 7 months. <laughs> we live in um, Times Square. Yeah. Um <laughs> at the W Hotel. <laughs> yeah. It's great. They have a good elevator. Uh-huh. Um, so, living in New York, people are always people always say the same shit to me. They're like, "Oh, all of the food is incredible in New York, right?" Mm-hmm. Or they say something to the tune of, "Yeah, everybody's like so on their shit. It must be like so competitive." Mm-hmm. And the answer to both things is like yes and no. Mm-hmm. It's that there aren't more good restaurants than anywhere else in terms of in terms of volume there are but the ratio of good to bad restaurants is like basically the same as anywhere you could go right there's just more of everything there's just more of everything and it's the same with people it's like i thought i had this idea in my head from the suburbs of california like i'm gonna get to new york everybody's really on their shit and like everybody's gonna be really intelligent and like insightful and stuff and boy it's gonna be a lot of competition but you meet just as many people who are like total throwaways yeah, like in, these, in or, these contexts. Yeah. I mean, we've all been to the group interview where you're just like, that guy fucked everything up. You know what I mean? Right. And, you know, and and it's the same thing with food. It's like, you know, as we said, I one of my favorite questions that we got a while back, by the way, was the like, what do we, what, what do, we do when we go to New York with like a couple of kids, you know? Mm-hmm. And my whole spiel is like, stay away from any ref- restaurant that claims to be either world famous or a mix. The best in NYC or is a mix of yeah. ethnic foods. Um, and I mean, you know, one in 20 is a good one, but generally it's a bad, a bad idea. So in terms of television, I think that Sopranos sort of like kicked off a little bit of the golden age of television in some ways because it, it got production companies to think a little bit bigger mm-hmm. and to take more risks and to pour serious amounts of money into shows mm-hmm. that were basically like movies, serial movies. Um so I think that we're, I think we're still on our way up in a lot of ways because mm-hmm. now what we have, and it's the same thing with music. Now what we have is more of it than ever because the distribution systems are so truncated 
I think that there's more good television than ever, but there's still just as much bad television as there ever was. Yeah. And I think it's just, it, it, in many ways, that Twitter Twitter question <laughs> reminds me a lot of my mom, like listening to the Rolling Stones and being like, why don't they do it like this anymore? Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I could find you a band that sounds like that. Right. You just don't know where to look. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. But also like, have you heard Adele? Because she's so beautiful and amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I well, think like it, Chef's Table. We have Chef's Table. Yeah. I think I, 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 think I mostly agree. Um uh, I do think that like anything, like there's going to, there, it's going to be like 95% crap. And then like the 5% at the top, there's a, there's a name for this. I forget what it is now, but there's but the 5% of the Podcasts. top. Yeah. The, the 5% <laughs> of the top is always going to be actually good. The rest is going to be mostly crap. Yeah. Um, I, I sort of see what he's saying though, in the sense that like the Sopranos happened. And then after that, it was just like. Here's another show about a conflicted guy who lives in the suburbs and he's yeah. he's balancing two lives. Like he's a he's Dexter. He's a serial killer plus also is a cop. Uh, here is he's a drug dealer but also a family man. Yeah. He's you know this but like there was just a string and it's it's still happening. Um, of, oh, totally. of just like I mean they're all still trying whether they acknowledge it or even realize it they're still trying to like to relive the glory of the Sopranos I think in a lot right, of ways which can never happen which because can just, yeah. it was totally fresh yeah um, so I sort of see what he's saying like I, I do in some ways feel like uh, if I was going to be really snobby for a second, like the true golden age, like for me was 2000 to 2004 when it was sure. like the Sopranos, the wire Deadwood and six feet under were all on TV at the same time. Right. Uh, but I was also young and those are my formative years. And some 14 year old kid growing up now is going to be like, man, back in 2018, like they had good shows. Now there's nothing, you know, it's like well, always tough to say, but the, but the thing that we have to separate from is like <clears throat> the, what you're saying is completely relevant and true. But like you just th- those just happen to be basically your top shows of all time. Well, yeah, that and, too. Which yeah. made it a great time, like coincidentally for you, right? And also for everyone else. But like for you, you're always going to look back on that as that moment. Like for me, it was like Mad Men and Sopranos are existing in mm-hmm. the same sphere, even if it was because I was catching up on Sopranos. Like it's an amazing time to be watching mm-hmm. TV. Um, but how could you not say that there are more great choices than ever oh, right, yeah, yeah. right at this moment? I agree. I just, I just think that there is, yeah, I agree. Uh, there probably is, but there is also and, like, and, and, and I have to separate this from like, uh, what was this guy's name? Jewel 69 or yeah. fucking whatever the fuck. Yep, that's his name. Um, with the SAT questions. Um, it's like, you know, golden age of television doesn't mean you like everything. Mm-hmm. It means that like, uh, to me, it means okay, I finished this show that I was really into and the feeling that I had when I was in college, you know, where I was like, well, never going to find one of those again. Yeah. Is much, much lessened in a lot of ways where I'm just like, I just have to try to find the right thing. And and, and yeah, usually if I give stuff one. a chance and kind of like branch out a little bit and take recommendations, then you can really find something to get into that's stimulating. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um <laughs> And HBO picked up Sesame Street, so there you go. <laughs> right, true. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I do agree, um, but I, I think that, like, you know, I mean, the golden age of television happened because movies kind of all became, or they all started to feel stale, and so I, I do kind of wonder if, like, That's we, a good we point. are at a point where things are about to kind of change in some way again, you know? Like, yeah. I actually feel like this was a pretty great movie for creative movies, a great year for creative movies. Like, uh, I mean, ultimately, the Oscars were 
they kind of went for a lot of the boring movies, but there were some good stuff out there, and it, it started the to get nom- creative. The nominees again. were great. Yeah, but it, yeah, exactly. It's, Everyone it started could to get, get behind something. Again. In years past, I've watched the Oscars, and I've been like, I don't care about any of this. Yeah, you know? I feel like when you're rooting for a movie like Lincoln, it's just like okay. Yeah, that feels like an antiquated kind of. It was a, it was a good movie, but it's antiquated in yeah, a way. Exactly. Um, so I do feel like maybe we're in for like a resurgence of movies, or just like TV's gonna be a little different. Like, did you watch um, the end of the fucking world on Netflix? No. It's it's good. It's it's interesting because like some of those episodes are like seventeen minutes long, um, wow. and they just didn't really stick to any kind of like true like episode time frame. And I wonder if maybe like things in the future will kind of be that, or like some kind of mixed media, or like I I, I do wonder if something else is about to happen. Well, I I can feel. I mean, people have been basically. I mean, at least creative people that I know who who pay attention and have taste because like I don't really pay attention to movies that much, mm-hmm. but like. Um, I do feel like this has been, there's the movies are sort of on the come up again. It feels that way. Yeah. And, and also, you know, when Hollywood's whining that box office, you know, box office draws are slumping Mm -hmm. and then black Panther is up there with Titanic all of a sudden, it's like, well, maybe it was your fault. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not necessarily because of Netflix. Just be fucking competitive, you know? Yeah. And it seems like they're doing that. It does. It definitely does. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. I mean, I, I do think there's a lot of still great TV out there and, um, there was a lot of it. It might be harder to find now because it's not all Sunday nights at nine. It's like yeah. all over the place. Well, it's um, also it's like going to the record shop where everything's like you know, nothing sticks out more than anything else at this point. I mean, I just I just got rid of cable mm-hmm. and I'm in full Apple TV mode with like the Hulu and the Amazon and the Netflix and the HBO now and like a couple other little thingamajigs. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> yep, <laughs> I'm so young. Um, and like. It's it's daunting finding something to watch because you can literally find something on any topic, but it's like so, so much of it sucks so bad. It's yeah. like in a way where we've kind of like done ourselves in in the fact that like, you know, we don't have record shops anymore where there used to be the guy who was like, oh, you really like the Clash? You should check this out, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but like we kind of need that for television. So I think it takes a little more effort on the part of the viewer. It, it does, yeah. And it also got easier to make a show that looks like a prestige show. Yeah, good uh, call. So it's like, hard, like you turn it on, you're like, oh, this looks like fucking amazing. Like, look at the pr- production values. But like... They got a drone. Yeah, but it's actually just, you know, it's never easy, but it's easier now than ever to make a well, really y- shitty thing. It's no longer a chopper shot, it's a drone shot. Yeah, you know? but it, it's it's easier to, uh, what's the what's the phrase, to, to, to shine the turd. <laughs> Like it's you just, know just spray paint it gold yeah yeah and so more now more than ever like I uh, I have some thoughts about some specific shows that I won't say because we're very influential and I don't want to like ruin anyone's reputation but like there's some shows that's yeah like, we don't want to be like Rihanna and make Snapchat stock yeah, drop exactly. a bunch but there's some shows it's like oh that looks like a golden era HBO show and then you watch it and it's like but it's actually basically like a US uh, so another network's <laughs> kind of come show. Come on, come on. It's, you know, it, it looks like uh, it just it it's really a B or a C or a D show. It just yeah. happens to look like an A show because the digital cameras are much cheaper than they ever were, and you know, like. Well, I'll come out and say yeah. it. Scandal sucks. <laughs> there you go. That's the, yeah. that's the most boring show I've ever seen, and some people love it. So yeah, that's great that they found something that they love. But like the scan, like Scandal, maybe. 10, 15 years ago would have been like a really ballsy sort of ambitious show. And now it just feels like pure CBS to me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where it's just like, oh, well, we got to hack into the mainframe. And you're like, all right, like we don't like yeah. this is not what we need right now. Um, but I think that you're totally right. There are so many shows that f- 
that that are packaged that way mm-hmm. and also like to what's his name's point um twitter mcgee mm-hmm. uh yep that's just, that's the handle yeah uh there is a lot more of uh in terms of pr mm. shows trying to package themselves like that yeah and then you get into the show and you're like wait this is actually you know it's not one of those shows it's not a madman it's not a sopranos it's not a deadwood you know what i mean it's yeah. not it's not on that level, but clearly they want you to think it is. Mm-hmm. And frankly, there are a lot of people out there who who are going to buy it. I know. You it's, know? It's, yeah. It's always, I mean, you know, everyone has just different opinions all the time, but yeah. it's always bizarre. I'm like, like, it's some shows and it's like, you can't see through this. Like, yeah. it's just, it, it, yeah, I know it looks like it should be something amazing, but like, it's clearly not, you know? I mean, it sounds so dumb, but like, like think of Radiohead or Nirvana, mm-hmm. like, and like the second those bands broke, and like I love Pearl Jam, you know, and like I love some of the they're they're clearly like offshoots of these waves that are like really important and great. But like there's so many Radiohead knockoff bands that are like I'm just like how I'm looking around at everybody and I'm just like, how does this you know what I mean? They're yeah. like they're like trying to play it like it's the same thing. Yeah. It's like you don't see it like yeah. yeah. And then Coldplay went in their own direction and so like, you know, <laughs> all bets yeah. were off. But the but it, it's it's a similar thing. Yeah. Where like there the the trailblazing is always going to bear, especially when you have like network level money, you know, they're always gonna kind of switch in that direction. The music right. industry does the same thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it all goes in cycles. Like people will get sick of TV yeah. and then something else will come along and it's like, oh, it's back, you know? And Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and the and the balance is you have to like learn to ignore those waves because yeah. like it's pure manipulation on the part of like suits. But Most al- of the time, yeah. But also at the same time, sometimes really great things come from those sorts of, you know, ambitions yeah. that networks yeah. have. And they act, like, it almost seems like in spite of their own stupidity, they magically come up with a show that's like amazing you know yeah. what i mean yeah like amc like everybody matt weiner said kept saying everybody felt terrible people were like he was like embarrassed to say that he was doing Mad Men on amc because right. people would just be like oh jesus yeah and then like that, it had gotten really bad right and that became one of like the gold standards exactly yeah oh by the way we should mention this episode written by the chaser terry winter Matt Weiner. The the A team. The dream team. Yeah, not bad. My dream <laughs> threesome. <laughs> you were just gonna watch them have a threesome as circle jerk of life, you know. Um well, that's a good place to end it. The podcast that is forever. <laughs> the only questions we got. <laughs> There's a couple more actually. I want to do a couple quick ones. Uh, I just feel like we owe it. We've been taking time off. I mean, okay. we haven't actually I've, been taking time off. We've both been working like dogs and fucking planning weddings and I'm so tired. Believe yeah. us, we'd rather be potting. <laughs> um uh yeah let's do a couple quick ones here um this one comes from uh at silver bantam can you talk about this this is an easy one sort of uh can you talk about why they split the final season into two it seems a bit weird to to me to uh to to silver bantam uh there are literal answers to that i think yeah all of them i mean that's just basically a contractual thing like every season the actors can renegotiate how much they make and if it's a hit show uh, you know, you go your rate goes up a little bit year mm-hmm. by year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're locked into one contract for one season, you can't negotiate in between. And so basically that was a way for HBO to save a little money. Also, it is a business after yeah, all. Absolutely. And yeah. also, um, what was the deal with them? You know, cause the, the veto story got shoehorned in there cause they, they, they would, did, did the network say they wanted more episodes they had origin than they had originally intended? And so, yeah. 
I think splitting them up made sense in terms of yeah. timing also. I think that was, I mean, Sopranos was their cash cow at the time. You mm-hmm. know, Game of Thrones was still years away uh, and they didn't have... Real sex was still going. That's true. <laughs> uh, but it was, yeah, so I think it was a way for them to get a couple more episodes out. I don't think they had to worry too much about syndication things. Like, I know there used to be this rule... And this might be kind of a myth, but there used to be a rule in network TV had to hit a, had to had to hit a hundred episodes to get syndication. I don't know if that applies to HBO shows, but like maybe they wanted to stretch. There were only eighty eight episodes of Seinfeld. Yeah, true. There was only four seasons. Of, is that true? No, there's like a hundred or so. Oh wait, maybe nine seasons that, of twenty something. Wait, how many episodes of Sopranos are there? Eighty six. Okay, so that's what I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> the show that we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> what show was that? Uh, so I. I don't know if that would really apply to an HBO show, especially one like this that was like so, you know, formative. And well, they also started the show like before people were snapping up DVDs of yeah of you know full seasons. Remember, yeah. see, remember if this isn't the fucking golden age of television, I don't know what is. Like, remember when you had to rent like eight separate sets of DVDs yeah. to get a full season? Even or like change rent one and return it to watch the next one. Yeah, fuck that shit. Yeah, I mean, even remember like having to switch discs. Yeah, I know. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the original Netflix shit coming in an envelope once a week or something like that. Too. Oh like, man, my dad crazy. did. My dad did that, and we were watching Sopranos simultaneously, and I was just mowing them down because I had BitTorrent, <laughs> and uh, and. I, I was just fucking cruising along and I'd be like, oh my God, can you believe what happened in this episode? He'd be like, don't tell me. And he'd be like 4,000 episodes behind me because he'd be waiting for the next disc. Yeah. And I yeah. was just like, this is so antiquated. Like there's got to be a better way. I and know. then there was. And here we are. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And now yeah. everybody, basically I think half the country is using the same HBO Go password. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Probably. There was a... Do you remember Andy Samberg when he gave away his HBO password no, on I TV? Didn't, I didn't know apparently that. Apparently a bunch of... Like, HBO must have just been like, we'll pay for it because they just let a bunch of people use it for a long time apparently. Really? And I read something recently on Twitter or somewhere where someone said that they used it for a long time and it just recently stopped working. That's really funny, funny because funny like they... I mean, I think it was you that told me that they just like don't give a shit because they know that eventually... I mean, it's the same thing with like pirated software in the music industry Mm -hmm. like people just realized after a while that or pirated music actually people realized after a while that anyone who pirates an album will will more than likely eventually buy it oh oh yeah or or, go to the show yeah you know or 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 you know and lo and behold they made they made streaming and all of this stuff so simple it's actually way harder to pirate something now than it is to just stream it you know yeah um but yeah it's great now Things we're are so good. lucky. <laughs> we're so lucky. Uh, now I can speak into my remote and be like, Sopranos, now. <laughs> True, yeah. You know? That's a nice little setup. Um, this one comes from at Steinology. How much time elapsed over the course of the series? Uh, well, I think it's like 10 years altogether, right? If the pilot Basically. was shot in 97, and then some time goes by between the first and second episodes, and then we mm-hmm. end in, in 2007... I believe, I believe it's 10 years. Same thing with Mad Men, by the way. It's basically like... It's the whole 60s, the right? The 60s. Yeah. 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 This was the 2000s. The start, starting out with uh, the uh, Letterman jacket, ending with the sideburns. Yeah, so there you go. That's the whole decade. Yeah. Um, all right. And so wrap it up. We got a request for for you to do the home improvement grunt again because <laughs> apparently you did that last week <laughs> let me <laughs> let me crack my knuckles it's actually the same sound as scooby-doo yeah, true. so but it's with minor differences so so scooby-doo is like is like huh? <laughs> and then, 
<laughs> and then and then it's mostly a timing difference with the the home improvement is <laughs> and a pitch thing i suppose there you go we that, should that should be that I, that would be a fucking amazing text message sound is like every time you get a text it's just like <laughs> <laughs> tim allen <laughs> like, where the fuck did that come that's the that's the other thing about old television is like they have these ridiculous ideas like i mean just make the sound just make this sound yeah what the transition f- is from scene to scene <laughs> like, yeah they use that in like transitions also how I the like. fuck I, I still don't know what the law and order sound is yeah, it's true. like one of those things that's so iconic. You're just like, yeah, I I remember that. Is it supposed to be a gavel? Because it really fucking does not sound like a gavel. Well, ga- yeah, it's like a gavel hitting a bell, maybe on a synthesizer. Yeah, <laughs> something it's like, like straight '80s production. Like they never changed that sound. Yeah, true. I bet if they updated it, it would be like when they changed the movie previews guy, and everyone's just gonna be like, I can't handle like, this. What the fuck is you this? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's gavel meets prison door slamming shut because it has like that metallic kind of sound to it oh maybe it's like the cell shutting but that yeah. would be a little on the nose i mean it's law and order so whatever law you know. it's very on the nose yeah they're, <laughs> almost they're always they're, one of the funny things about about the apple tv like youtube tv thing is that like when you're flipping through what's playing live there's actually like a screen grab from the particular episode that you're watching mm-hmm. and i was like i don't i'm not a big svu guy but i was flipping around and like svu is on and there's just a big picture of hillary duff and I was oh like, God, oh, really? I guess Hillary Duff did an episode and that's the draw. <laughs> and I, I didn't watch it. SVU is so dark. It's unbelievable. Like the worst possible things happen. And then something even worse happens after that. Yeah. And, it's then, just, and then it's amazing that people just watch that just like on a Saturday like afternoon. Marathon it. it. Yeah. I mean, people say the same thing about Sopranos. True. But like yeah. there's something especially dark about SVU where it's like yeah. the baby was found. It's like stabbed. Like, did it survive? No. It died after a long, prolonged period of torture. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. And it's like then they set it on fire and its sister was like sent to kiev on some like like child porn ring thing and it's just like oh my god people just mow it down while just like barely paying attention just for 12 hours yeah Yeah. and then they wonder they come out the other side depressed and like what's wrong with me it's like i can tell you i gotta get my life together yeah well shit uh with that um we love tv yeah (laughs) (laughs) we're the tv boys um we uh haven't discussed when we're going to be back. It's a busy couple months coming up for us, but we're going to figure something out. Over the next four, no, not the next four months, but there's going to be a four-month period starting soon where we're both going to get married. Mm-hmm. Not to each other, but to, well, the, to the game. Yeah. Um, and uh, we got to prick our finger and burn a saint and do the whole thing. Yeah. You're having that in your ceremony, right? I am, for yeah, sure. definitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll fiddle with the lights yeah. for you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I appreciate that, yeah. Um, Pick me up in a parking lot, drive me to the wedding. Yeah, yeah just shoot your cuff. <laughs> <laughs> so who the fuck knows? Yeah. Uh, but, it's ambiguous. Yeah, it's ambiguous. Yeah. But then again, we could just be back really soon. That's true. You never know because we'll uh, the regular the regularness of life is really getting to us. Yeah. <laughs> to be frank, yeah. So uh, yeah, we, we might be back. We'll we'll keep you guys updated. I mean, maybe we can do a couple like s- like special episodes this summer just to uh to keep to wet your whistle a little bit. Yeah, uh, that's my beak that pod. Yeah. So, uh, but we'll we'll be in touch. Um, our people will call your people. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You'll probably never hear from us again. <laughs> we no, basically we're, we're, just, we're doing this. We just want to keep this going. And oh, you included the the podcast in your prenup, right? I did. Yeah, yeah. I don't want any. I don't want any bullshit with no that. one's you touching know what this. I mean? yeah. and like if I get hit by a bus, you know, all of the rights of the pod are going to my dog. Yeah, good. So good. That's already straightened out on my end. Just just want to save you know the the public some headaches in the future. Yeah, you know what I mean. I don't want it's to be nice. like a Jackson family type situation. Yeah. 
that's nice of you. This, the fans, the fans are, you know, I don't want to let them down. They keep us going. Yeah. Uh, which is nice. And I like I, going. I need the, I need the W4 in perpetuity. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's actually why we're taking forever. Because <laughs> this is our health insurance. Um, so we'll, we'll talk to you guys on Twitter and, um, you can call us, uh, I'm just going to, I'm going to tweet Evan's cell phone tonight, uh, <laughs> his real personal cell and, phone. And my HBO go password. Yep. And, and that too. And, uh, so call Evan anytime you want, basically. Yep. Good. Uh, and, um, you know, enjoy, um, stop and smell the roses guys, you know, just get out there and, uh, enjoy, uh, yep. something. Make a, something of yourself. Yeah, enjoy something and make yeah. something of yourself. Listen to some other... Well, no, don't listen to other podcasts. Uh, you can help us out by taking down This American Life. And, um, <laughs> yeah, let's drag This American Life on Twitter. Yeah. That's going to be our summer project. <laughs> yeah, ruining Ira Glass. Yeah. Your ass is grass. And, and your ass glass. is grass, glass. <laughs> and we can... Let's get him replaced with Jonathan from The New Queer Eye. Yeah. I think that that's the move. I think he should definitely host uh, This American Life. You're right. Yeah. Um, who gave you permission to do such a great podcast? That's what he'd say to us. That's what he'd say to us. All right, so, okay. Let's let, let's wrap it up over here. Uh, I, gotta, well, I, I, I am wrapping it up. I got pizzas to order. I we oh yeah. All right, <laughs> all right. Then continue. Well, um, so uh, you know, well, well, I haven't done this all season, but follow us on Twitter, subscribe on iTunes, tell Le- a friend, leave us a shit review, please, but five, but stars. five stars, yeah. Uh, and it uh, really does help us get more listeners. Actually, it it does. That's true. So that's it. Goodbye. be doing research. research 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 i swear she like this piece of hair off in the sink ain't come from me first no no i swear i swear i swear i swear god you hang around too goddamn long it's like you need work do you do you do you got a job on me real swear oh god swear man these hoes be doing research